Warning, the following podcast probably contains dirty words and graphic descriptions of ass-kicking action. Episode of the Adkins Diet Podcast, the podcast where we attempt to watch and discuss every movie featuring prolific actor and martial artist Scott Adkins. This week for Halloween, we are watching Rekill, one of the rare horror or horror-related movies, as we'll see, that feature Scott Adkins. Uh, first of all, Last week I forgot to thank the people who helped make this podcast possible, so I want to give a shout out to my brother for designing our awesome logo. Check him out on Instagram at at cjc.design, and Cousin Pete for our theme song, He's Out of Control. Uh, Check him out on Facebook at Razormouth Productions. Razormouth is one word, and Productions has a Z. So, this week we watched Rekill, a 2015 film. Uh, Much like the film we watched last week, this was produced by After Dark Films. Uh, This was part of their Eight Films to Die For series that they did for four years in a row. Uh, It seems like the company might not be producing films anymore, as this Horror Fest in 2015 was the last one, and uh, it seems that they went from distributing and producing a number of movies every year to 2016 had maybe one or two releases and I don't see anything for 2017 so it seems like this might be one of the last movies produced by this company which is unfortunate Um, it's let's just get out of the way it's not a great movie Uh, directed by Valerie Milev and written and possibly co-directed by Mike Hurst, from what I can gather online. This is a film that takes place in the near future and follows a group of soldiers who kill zombies for a reality TV show. Uh, Five years before the beginning of the movie, there was a zombie apocalypse, which apparently killed four and a half billion people in the outbreak or in the attempts to deal with it, which include nuking San Francisco, uh, China using a bioweapon in Beijing, and just walling off New York City and abandoning it. The movie opens with an R-Division team, as they are called, being sent in to re-kill a group of zombies, and everything goes to hell, and a bunch of them die. Our only survivor ends up being Alex Winston, played by professional movie villain Bruce Payne. Um, For once, he's not a villain. He's just kind of a crazy guy. He's weirdly religious and thinks that the zombies are part of God's plan and that the few faithful will be saved on the government's arc. Uh, Bruce Payne's spent most of his career playing villains because he has what 
I like to call villain face, where he just looks crazy or scary. Uh, he played the villain in Passenger 57 with Wesley Snipes. He played the villain in Highlander Endgame. And he was the villain in the terrible theatrical Dungeons & Dragons movie from around the year 2000. And then was the only cast member to return for its straight-to-TV or video sequel. He then ends up with another R Division unit, and we follow their missions from this point on. Uh, also, the movie is presented as if it was an episode of the show, so it's interspersed with a bunch of kind of satirical commercials uh, that show us the world post-zombie apocalypse. There's uh, commercials encouraging people to get it on and repopulate that are basically just softcore porn commercials. Commercials for things like a gated community that's anti-zombie and promises 15 feet high concrete walls to protect your children. Commercial for Vivadine, a product that's supposedly if you take it, will help delay the time of zombie infection. A uh, commercial that advertises psychological assistance and easy-to-obtain prescriptions, even by phone, for people dealing with depression and anxiety post-zombie. So we see our division going on various missions, and it seems like pretty much every time they deal with some zombies, uh, at least one or more team members get killed. And because of the reality TV show angle, it's every action sequence in the movie is pretty much just a shaky cam and lots of zombies running and lots of random shots and then zombies falling or people dying. And this goes on for a while. Uh, we get some interviews behind the scenes with the various members of our division and we see that some of them are doing it because it gets them out of jail time or it's a path towards a green card. So it's pretty obvious that it's not a great job. At one point, they have to chase down a truck with suspicious cargo and the truck has a bunch of boxes in the back that are hiding zombies and zombies come flooding out and they start shooting them and then more zombies flood out and they keep shooting them and... And more zombies come out and they keep shooting them. And more zombies come out and they keep shooting them. And more zombies come out and they keep shooting them. And we're not exaggerating here. Uh, this is like a clown car for zombies. It maybe could have fit 20 or 30 in the back, not including the boxes they were hiding behind. But it just seems like an endless wave of them uh, coming out and coming out. And so after a couple team members die and they manage to uh, shoot their way through the zombies and arrest one of the surviving truck drivers, they eventually find out that they were driving the truck full of zombies into the zone, which is what they refer to the abandoned, walled-off New York City section as, and as some part of something called Judas product Project. So the team gets sent into the zone against their better judgment to investigate, and, uh, you know, more zombies run out, and more people get shot and bit and fall down, and 
then we haven't even mentioned who Scott Adkins is playing because the, the team's just a kind of generic team of soldiers. And Scott Adkins is playing Trent Parker, one of the soldiers. Uh, he's under Sarge, played by Roger Cross. And the aforementioned Bruce Payne is crazy religious guy. Uh, Daniela Alonzo plays Rose, the only woman in the group. And Jesse Garcia plays Omar Hernandez. And they have a couple other random team members who don't have as much character or dialogue as these characters who don't really have much character or dialogue either. And about an hour into the movie when they're in the zone, uh, Scott Adkins gets bit. And he goes kind of crazy and is threatening to shoot people. And so his buddy on the team, the big silent grizzly Adams, shoots him and Adkins shoots him back and they're both dead. And now we're two-thirds of the way through the movie and Scott Adkins is dead. And what little interest we had is definitely waning at this point. Eventually the team encounters a surviving test subject or a random person involved with the Judas Project. And he says that the military was trying to create a way to make the zombies attack each other instead of people um, and also they have an extra smart zombie they refer to as Elvis who apparently started leading the other zombies and that's when everything went to hell in the testing although we see him leading the zombies and it seems like he just kind of points in a direction and a mob of zombies run in that direction and all the zombies we've seen in the movie thus far seem to follow the strategy of all running in one direction. So I don't really know how much leadership he was providing. Um, I did kind of enjoy the overacting from the crazed survivor, though. I like to think of him as if Bill Paxton's character Hudson in Aliens had somehow survived and been alone on the colony long enough to get old and crazy and then some people encountered him he'd probably act pretty much like this guy uh, but that shows you how interesting the movie was that i was spending my time imagining versions of the movie and characters that had nothing to do really with what we were watching so whitney what did you think uh, I think this movie sucked. It was mad boring for a zombie movie. Zombie movies are supposed to be exciting. Yeah, yeah, I'm not going to beat around the bush either. Um, it, it was pretty crappy. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to go with what I think is the crucial failing of the movie, first of all. Um, it's not really a horror movie. Uh, it's not really an action movie, or if it is, it's not a good action movie. And it doesn't lean into the satirical angle enough to really be a good satire or black comedy. Um, so what you're left with is a movie where you have the satirical reality TV show angle and commercial angle, uh, which undercuts any kind of drama or horror. Like, you can't build the tension of, of a horror movie or a thriller when you keep cutting away to the goofy commercials and the testimonials and just the whole nature of the format of the movie. Uh, at the same time, 
that fake reality show angle means that everything is shot in shaky cam, like really bad shaky cam a lot of the time. So none of the action is satisfying because it's all poorly shot and you barely know what's going on. And it's, I guess, trying to be chaotic, but it's just a confusing mess. Um, and, and then the satirical angle isn't really sharp enough to carry it on on that respect so it's a movie that's trying to be a couple different things and and each of those things it's trying to do it doesn't do very well and each of them gets in the way of the other things it's trying to do what do you think i think that the only part of this movie that i really liked was the commercials the commercials that were inappropriately promoting um, reproduction was pretty funny. There was a cigarette commercial that was like, hey, smoke, we won't kill you before the virus does. Yeah, that that was my favorite, too. Is it was actually... Uh, so uh, I'll mention one of the only other things the movie does okay is, is it does that thing where it comes up with lots of fake slang terms for its setting. So uh, they call the zombies... Reans, as in reanimated, um, and then they refer to killing a zombie as rekill. Um, when somebody gets bit by a zombie and you gotta kill them before they turn, they call it the easy out. And then at one point they mention that they call children zombies ankle biters, and those are all actually decent fake jargon. Uh, so, so what the cigarette commercial says is smoke. It will never get you before the Reans do. And then the final slogan in the commercial is, What's left to lose? And at first I was like, Oh, I guess zombie apocalypse. It doesn't matter if you have cigarette commercials on TV anymore. And then it doubles down on that and it's like, Yeah, look, the world is fucked. Why not just light up? So I, I, I agree. I think the commercials were the best part, even though they weren't really super sharp um they a couple of them were were amusing so the commercials reminded me a lot of robocop except not as funny or as satirical or as dark um and of course robocop is one of our favorite movies possibly your favorite movie my second favorite aliens is my first favorite oh you're always switching them up so i never know um, but another Paul Verhoeven movie actually came to mind other than RoboCop, which is with the uh, soldiers all getting killed on camera, with that footage going to television, um, and that and a brief co-ed shower scene both reminded me a lot of Starship Troopers also, and, and some of the commercials were kind of in that vein too, so that's... Not really a point in the movie's favor, though, because I really love RoboCop and Starship Troopers, and Paul Verhoeven is a lot better at making both dark satire and entertaining action. Uh, so in this case, it was just kind of reminding me of superior movies that this could never live up to. And I will also say that because of the fake reality TV show angle, the co-ed shower scene is censored, denying us all the boobs and dongs that we could hope to see otherwise. So that definitely takes some points off 
in the uh, the reminding me of Verhoeven movies, but not being as good factor, is the complete lack of gratuitous nudity. So, in that last little chunk of the movie, it kind of tries to have a, a bit of a plot beyond just the world building and satirical commercials and everything, and I just don't think they put any thought or effort into how the zombies were supposed to be smarter. Um, we see a one tactic from the zombies, and we don't even know if it's the zombies, it could just be coincidence, but early in the movie during one of their raids, uh, a random baby stroller rolls out into the street, and everybody looks at it and gets distracted, and then zombies run out behind them. And then later on, when they're in the zone and looking for the Judas Project... A wheelchair rolls out, and then zombies come up behind them and attack everyone. So if that's supposed to be the zombies planning, uh, that, that seems to be the extent of their brilliant strategy. Uh, like we said, Elvis, the smart zombie, just seems to point in directions and grunt, and they all run that way. Um, I guess he's managed to accrue a large army of zombies, because we do see a CGI group shot of, like, thousands of them just standing, like, head-to-head, like they're at a sold-out concert or something, waiting around. Um, and I guess after almost all the main characters die we get a, a epilogue with news reports saying that the horde of zombies has run out through the subway tunnels of new york and busted out somewhere and are causing chaos again and that's when we see that our token female character somehow survived even though we didn't really see that previously and she's gonna go out and kill the zombies again and, and that's the end of the movie but yeah, it was it was just mostly boring. Um, lots of poorly shot action, just random running zombies and random gunshots and people falling down or getting bitten and and Scott Adkins does not jump kick any zombies in this movie. What a missed opportunity. And despite the fact that they kept saying you got to shoot him in the head, there was lots of not shooting zombies in the head. Oh, yeah, that, there's another thing. Um, even when they were, like, th- this movie could have gotten by a little bit, even if everything else had been as crappy as it was. Um, if it had had some decent gore, that might have upped the entertainment value a little. Zero gore. Yeah, it, it's really weak. Um, Maybe a little bit of CGI blood or some squibs. It, it would be hard to even tell because most of it's so shakily shot and quickly edited. Um, but you expect in a zombie movie to get some exploding brains or some intestines getting ripped out. or Somebody s- eating an eyeball. Yeah, something. Getting their cheek bit off or something. Um, there's even one moment when they have the, the zombie clown car truck and they... Like, we, were, we weren't exaggerating when we say wave after wave of zombie comes out to the point that they can't even shoot them all and they close the truck and zombies are still coming out 
and you get a shot of one of the zombies getting its head trapped in the the door that's closing on the truck and it like edits it like oh it's his head's gonna get squished and pop and then it just cuts away with his head caught in the door and it really feels like a, a cock block of a, a for a zombie movie to show what is obviously leading up to some skull popping action and then just to be like nope um according to wikipedia this movie had a budget of almost 10 million dollars which compared to a hollywood movie is nothing but compared to to a lot of the straight to video movies we watch that's a pretty decent budget that's somewhere in the range of the undisputed movies and uh we haven't talked about the universal soldier movies yet but those two later sequels were both in the 10 million dollar range and those movies had well shot action sequences and both cgi and practical gore um so i really don't know what the excuse with this one is maybe all that money went to shooting the commercials and all the extra stuff like that but even that stuff none of it really looks fancy enough to justify it other than maybe i guess just the time taken to do it i guess it's good that they spend money on those because those were the only part of the movie we really came close to enjoying but it just felt like even if they had just done some super cheap amateur gore effects it it would have had some kind of effect i mean a zombie movie with with no brains or guts like it's not a zombie movie at all no no i mean maybe the original night of the living dead but when you're actually a well-made movie with original ideas you can get away with not being super gory or anything when you're making a crappy movie like this you should really be tossing in the gore and the nudity and the things that are not that expensive for you to do to provide some kind of entertainment or titillation for your audience and in that respect they really drop the ball i guess it's time to get into the nutrition facts uh, the body count i kept separate between the humans dying and the zombies being re-killed because it quickly became obvious from the poorly shot action that there was no way to keep an accurate count on the zombie deaths um, i gave up somewhere in the realm of a hundred re-kills uh, the actual living human body count was 16 almost all of them members of the division r team a couple of them were some people who were keeping a zombie family member hidden and the team goes in and raids and shoots them up and and that's when adkins gets his one confirmed kill that i could see in the movie uh, that's also when we get our only knockout when somebody punches out the guy who's protecting his zombie sister no training montages in this movie uh i i feel like you could have maybe justified a training montage showing the the soldiers getting trained for division r duty um we see some like brief background footage on a new member of the team who gets zombified and killed almost instantly on his mission but that does not count and then our saddest nutrition fact this is the first time we've got to say when adkins died in a movie and it's 56 minutes into about a 90 minute movie that scott adkins character trent parker is bitten and gets shot up by his best bro on the team so 
That's a sad new addition to Nutrition Facts. I have to say that there was lots of death in this movie. It was just already dead people. There was like six people on the team, and I'd say four or five of them died. And the first team died. And the whole first team died, so that's more people. And the cameraman died. Oh yeah, one of the cameramen did get eaten. No, both of them. They They both did? Well, the one got shot at the end because he was about to get eaten, and I think Sarge shot him. Well, that doesn't count. <laughs> and then uh, and then there were like two or three members of the family trying to hide out their zombie sister in the barn who got shot. So yeah, mo- most of it was just zombies vaguely getting shot at and, and falling down in wave after wave. So just like a crappy video game, really, no kind of drama or tense moments or even choreography or anything else to the action. So for the Abskins report, here's Whitney. I have to give this movie a 4 out of 5 for Abskins report because there was a very nice shower scene with lots of wet Scott Atkins chest, but you did not get to see that D, so he does not get full points. I think you're being extra generous here. I I think that maybe the rest of the movie was so boring and so bad that you're remembering more hot Scott Adkins action than there no, was. No, it cut, it cut to him like three or four times. For a total of about 10 or 15 seconds. Grantless, he wa- granted, he was shirtless. He was quite wet. He was shirtless and soaking wet, but it was it was 10 or 15 seconds. I'm just saying soaking wet Scott Atkins is hot. I understand. I'm just saying it's not like it was an undisputed movie or something where you had him shirtless and sweaty for most of the runtime. This was just a movie that was well, so uninteresting. Well, that's why I gave him a 4 out of 10. <laughs> well, you said 4 out of 5 first. There's a big difference Oh, I'm there. sorry. I meant 4 out of 10, not 4 out of 5. Okay, there you go. We're out of 10. Your scale varies between a 5-point scale and a 10-point scale, so I didn't know what you meant. But 4 out of 10 makes a lot more sense, because it was very brief, but he was very wet. And and it was like the highlight of the movie. It was the most exciting (laughs) part of the movie. And I was disappointed we did not see... And there was other dudes that were shirtless and wet, too, and that was kind of hot. And uh, Daniela Alonzo as Rose was shirtless and wet, but it didn't matter because they censored her breasts, just like they censored the dongs. But they did not censor a whole bunch of side titty in those sexy commercials. Well, that's because those are the repopulation commercials, so the government's trying to get people to bone down. Um, I was actually about to, to mention that, too. There is... A lot of side boob in the repopulation commercials. Um, Not, you know, a huge, huge amount, but considering the commercials are only a couple seconds long each, they mostly consist of side boob and and some shirtless guy. Uh, Or a butt. Or a butt. Uh, But still, not not really enough to add a, a gratuitous enjoyment to the movie in between all, all of the boring stuff. Um, People kept dying, and I kept going, oh, yeah, I saw that coming. That's not really exciting. Yeah, pretty much. The only thing that was slightly unpredictable was the plot, and then it just turned out to be mostly meaningless or not thought out anyway. So 
These little new zombies didn't do anything. Yeah, they sure didn't. I guess now they run in bigger hordes, maybe. Not faster, (laughs) smarter, stronger, nothing. Well, they're pretty fast to begin with. They're already at like 28 days later zombie speed just running everywhere. Um, They do apparently have the magical ability to stack themselves into a truck in improbable numbers. So, yeah, there was like a hundred <laughs> zombies in that truck. It, it was fucking crazy. They just keep coming and coming, and it just keeps cutting back to wave after wave running out and getting shot. And when they first go into the truck, they like weave through several rows of boxes. Yeah, there's really, there's like maybe eight foot at the back of this truck that, that was stacked 50 zombies high at least. Oh, and and we forgot to mention one of the most fun, pointless, dumb moments. Uh, After this, like, 40 or 50 zombies have come out in waves and they're overwhelming the group, then Sarge pulls out an RPG and tells everybody to back up and blows up the truck and the remaining zombies with the RPG. Forgot about my favorite part of that scene, where one of the drivers escapes and tries to drive away in a car and just runs right back into the zombies and gets eaten. Yeah, that was pretty funny. It, w- it was so quick and so poorly edited, I could barely tell what was happening. I had to ask you what had just happened. But it is pretty hilarious that uh, he tries to, to get away and just plows into the zombie horde, and they immediately pull him out of the car and devour him. I think that may have been one of the only times we got, like, a second or two of actual, like, biting and flesh-ripping. But it, w- it was all so quick that... I can't even it was really. It's like a millisecond of zombie gore. <laughs> yeah, that was about it. That was all they could afford. I just don't know. Uh, maybe this just wasn't as efficiently produced as some other direct-to-video movies. Maybe the people making it didn't know how to stretch their money out. Um, they did get a pretty decent cast. Uh, so, other than um, Scott, come on. how expensive is corn syrup and sausage links? Yeah. Pull that shit out of somebody. Yeah, I, I, I can't argue with that. I mean, if Night of the Living Dead could do it with no money, then it really is just a, a lack of effort. But I was thinking more in terms of, of the poorly shot action, in terms of, like, you could use the little bit of money you have to stage some coherent action sequences, but they weren't trying to do that. But they did round up a decent cast. We have Scott Adkins, of course, uh, Daniela Alonzo, who almost has a Scott Adkins-like career of starring in sequels to movies that she wasn't in the original. Uh, she was in Wrong Turn 2. She was in The Hills Have Eyes 2 of the remake series of The Hills Have Eyes. So she has a little mini career of being chased down by murderous, incestuous hillbilly cannibals. Um even sadder than those two, she was in Paul Blart Mall Cop too, which was probably the height of her career financially, but you know, I'd rather be in a bad killer hillbilly cannibal movie than Paul Blart. Uh as mentioned, Bruce Payne as as the crazy religious soldier has been a villain in a whole bunch of movies varying from good to bad. Uh Roger Cross, who played the Sarge who was, I guess, the closest thing we had to an actual character in the movie. Um, we find out that his, he used to be a grocery store manager 
until the zombie apocalypse led to his wife getting eaten and his three-year-old son getting zombified and he had to kill him. Um, he does a pretty good job of, of looking stern and concerned and, you know, not really having much dialogue to reflect it, but being decent. The only acting in the movie. <laughs> hey, Scott Adkins did some acting. His acting consisted of swearing because even compared to other direct-to-video action movies where lots of the dialogue is just fuck you or go fuck yourself, I think half of Scott Adkins' dialogue in this was bleeped swear words. Yeah, but I feel like Scott Adkins just ad-libbed that. (laughs) I don't think it was in the script. That is possible. Uh, We also had Jesse Garcia as a member of the team. He was in the From Dust Till Dawn TV series, which wasn't great, but it was better than this. And he was pretty good in that. Um, And then... As always, we with these movies that get shot on the cheap in Bulgaria, we've got to have at least one person who's been in a bunch of Scott Adkins movies in small roles. In this case, it was Raicho Vasilev, who played uh, the Elvis zombie, and he also had small roles in Undisputed 2 as a prison guard. Uh, he's in the Scott Adkins movie Ninja, And so for our recommendations, uh, we're going to go with a number of TV shows that these characters have, or that these actors have appeared in in some way or another. Uh, Jesse Garcia, other than the From Dust Till Dawn TV series, was in another movie spun off into a TV show. He had a small role in Terminator, the Sarah Connor Chronicles which was an underrated and dead way too soon show that suffered from the writer's strike. And we are Terminator super fans, but we only like the first two movies and the Sarah Connor Chronicles. So if you at all enjoy the Terminator franchise and you have never seen it, um, be ready for a cliffhanger ending that will never be resolved. But it's a pretty good show, and, and once you get into the rhythm of it and realize that their TV budget only allows the occasional big action scene. It it was a pretty well done show and and I ended up enjoying it. Um, The cast really does a lot of the heavy lifting. Uh, Lena Headey's become much more famous thanks to Game of Thrones now, but she was really kick-ass as Sarah Connor. And Summer Glau of Firefly plays the Terminator who is protecting a young John Connor. And she is awesome as always. So, Raicho Vasilev from a bunch of small roles in straight-to-video movies also had a small role in Spartacus, Blood and Sand, and the Gods of the Arena prequel series. And Spartacus is a show I think has been slept on way too much because it was on Stars, and it looked like it was just going to be kind of a 300 ripoff because of the visual style and when it came out. Uh, but it ended up being one of the most epic action TV shows I have ever seen. Uh, it's, it's got a very heightened artificial style, but once you get used to that, it has insanely bloody action, massive amounts of gratuitous nudity and sex, and occasionally not gratuitous and plot necessary nudity and sex and it also has a really good dramatic plot line that builds up your interest in the characters and their drama 
And then uh, one last random recommendation. Uh, Roger Cross, who plays the Sarge, is apparently going to be appearing in Season 2 of Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency, which has just started on the BBC, where he's going to play the brother of one of the main characters of the show. And I've only seen the first season, but that was a really fun, quirky show that has a lot of weird and seemingly random plot lines that intersect and it's not really an action show like Spartacus or the Sarah Connor Chronicles but it does have some pretty cool action sequences occasionally uh, most of them featuring my favorite character in the show Bart Kurlish, a holistic assassin who's kind of the opposite end of the yin and the yang for Dirk Gently's holistic detective and she's basically just a crazy murder hobo who wanders around killing random people that she thinks the universe leads her to and she's played by Fiona Dorif the daughter of Brad Dorif famous for playing uh, the voice of Chucky and dies and becomes Chucky in the Child's Play series and has made a career of, of just playing weirdos and creeps and crazies and killers and uh, it's nice to see his daughter keeping that tradition alive and playing a disturbing blood and filth caked murder fairy who at the same time manages to be disarmingly charming in some weird way and kind of make you care about her and and feel compelled to watch her continued exploits I don't think we need to spend long rating Rekill and the canon. Um, it, it's my plan to come up with some kind of actual rating method for the general movie quality and for the Adkinsness movie quality so that we don't have to compare the whole list every time. But I think it's safe to say this goes at the bottom of both lists. Do you agree? I agree. Yeah, not, not a good movie. Um, I rather watch green street hooligans again it was dumb as hell but it was far more entertaining than this and it had a lot more scott adkins green street hooligans had heart (laughs) a dumb dumb heart but it also had lots of guys headbutting and kicking the shit out of each other and uh just generally moved faster and and was more entertaining and had some kind of plot so yeah rekill goes at the bottom of both lists and Maybe next time we'll have a, a full rating method worked out to rank these. So if for some reason you are a glutton for punishment and you want to watch Rekill, uh, it is currently streaming on Netflix, so at least you don't have to pay any money for it. Uh, also, apparently Spartacus and the Sarah Connor Chronicles are not available on any streaming service at this time. Spartacus has popped up on Netflix before, though, so it it might show up there again. Uh, It's well worth buying on DVD. Sarah Connor Chronicles, I'd say, is is worth getting, too, because it's usually pretty cheap. But Spartacus is a series that's worth the investment for a full box set. And Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency is streaming its first season on Hulu right now and is also airing new episodes on BBC America. So thank you for listening and have a great day.